Hello, welcome to the Emerald Skies podcast. I'm Jess Seely, and we're here to talk all things holistic health, well-being, and spirituality. On my healing journey, I've discovered incredible modalities and practices that have enhanced my life in ways that I really can't put into words. The thing is, they're outside of the mainstream, and that causes apprehension when I share them with others. So this show exists to break down those barriers, because I want you to experience more magic in your life. I have incredible guests who are here to share with us the wisdom from their niche field and help you feel emboldened to try new things on your own path. Take what works, leave what doesn't, keep an open mind and I hope you find something new calling for you. Hello, welcome to the very first episode, the introduction for the Emerald Skies podcast. As you know by now, I'm Jess Seely, and I'm so, so grateful that you've chosen to hit play today um, and tune in to, to hear what this podcast is going to be all about. So I know that I mentioned in the introduction, we're talking holistic health, well-being and spirituality, um, but today what I really want to do is break that down even further and give you an insight into my personal journey and story and how I've ended up here launching the show and why I'm doing it, why it's something that's so hot on my heart. And it actually is something that's really intentional for me because when I think about like creating content or a podcast or anything, or like, like it kind of starts with an eye roll for me because I think, gosh, there's so much out there. There's so much noise in the world and so many people telling you do this and do that. And it's really not what I'm here for. I, I just think everyone should discern what's right for them. So um, that being said, I also want to talk to you about where the name Emerald Skies came from. Um, that's a question that I get often. And finally, I just wanted to preface with this is a really um, poignant day for me re- to be recording the introduction. Um, something I've definitely put off because, gosh, who wants to talk about themselves and their own story? It seems a little bit self-righteous, but that's just my shadow talking. So um, I'm just going to let rip and, as I said, share what's on my heart. Um, So I think the first thing, the first place to start is when I talk about health, it's a really holistic picture for me. So I see health as something that incorporates relationships, your career, are you moving your body are you finding time to have fun and play um yes are you eating good food are you nourishing your body but it's a really well-rounded picture or jigsaw puzzle or whatever metaphor works for you you know and our bodies are ecosystems and sometimes we get off the we get on the wrong track when we start to treat them like robots <laughs> um and so i think that my story reflecting on how I came to be where I am, which is actually a really big question Um, and something that took me a while to, I guess, contemplate. But reflecting on my path, I think that the two biggest factors in bringing me here today have been my physical health and my soul's desire to really live out my purpose and be fulfilled in this lifetime. And they're the fires that have burned and pushed me and made me uncomfortable and made me keep on, keep on, keeping on to, you know, really find my path today. So 
my story, I've decided to start it back when I was at the age of 13. Um, so I grew up like a really happy kid and healthy and I sport and activity was a big part of my life. Um, I played netball and, you know, did all the things like swimming, you know, we did heaps of sports, but dancing and netball were kind of my things. And I'm the kind of person when I start something or when I do something, I'm really passionate about it. Like I invest my whole self. It's almost like to do something, I have to give my whole soul to it. Otherwise it's just like a hell no. And I don't bother. So when I turned 13, I had these activities in my life, but I started to get some symptoms. I started to have double vision. So one of my eyes would turn in I think it turned in and essentially I started seeing two of everything and it was kind of not as bad at the beginning but over the course of a year it got gradually worse to the point where it kind of didn't go away and I was also getting headaches so like when I say a headache it's really hard to explain this to people but they were kind of like migraines like I couldn't really stand up when I had them but they would be fleeting because I now know it was pressure in my neck and balance. I lost my balance as well. So um, in dancing, obviously that's not a good thing, but like even just in day-to-day life, like I couldn't walk in a straight line. I started to say walk into walls or if I was at the shops, I would walk into the shelves and I had bruises and wasn't walking full on head first into them, but like I couldn't walk in a straight line. So Over the course of a year, I had these mysterious symptoms getting worse and worse. And then at the beginning of year nine, I, you know, through appointments and referrals, got to the point where I'd seen a neurosurgeon and they decided that they need to give me, they needed to give me a brain surgery pretty quickly. And so it's just one of those things, right? We've all got different traumas and different challenges in our life. Um, And for me, mine happens to be a physical illness or injury. And what was occurring was there was compression in my neck. And so, because my brain is lower than a lot of people's typically would sit. So my brain fluid was not flowing from my head to my spine and it was causing these problems. And so as a 13 or 14, yeah, I wasn't quite 14. As a 13-year-old, I had this surgery and gosh, like kids and people were resilient, right? You're like, cool, got to get it done. They thought it would resolve a lot of my symptoms. It was definitely preventative as well. And so I went in and had had this surgery and they thinned out my um, spinal cord a little I think a little, who knows, right? Who knows what a brain surgeon does Um, and relieved pressure. And so the recovery was really traumatic. Like I was in hospital laying in bed for a week, like couldn't sit up vomiting as soon as I sit up. And I remember having the thought in hospital of, oh my God, I'm actually never going to be able to walk again. (laughs) I'm like, just, I just can't imagine a time when I'm going to be able to walk. And I think we overestimate looking back how mature we are as children, because now when I look at that, I think, whoa, that was huge for a 13 year old. Um, But it just was something I got on with. And what was the other thing? Yeah, I think that I just underestimated the impact. So, you know, went home, was probably in bed for a month and then 
probably took a good three months for me to kind of be back to normal-ish. Like I'd go to school for a few periods and come home and just like lots of vomiting and illness and bed sores and things like that. And so I think, again, hindsight's such a beautiful thing and I've really only put these pieces together recently, but I think a little part of my spirit not died, just got put out during that time because I had to stop all my sports. I really had to shift my identity. It was like all the things I identified as being good at or shaped who I was, I really couldn't do them anymore and I had to find new hobbies and um, just build a new life path. I, and the other thing I'll say is I just I wanted to be a professional dancer. I loved dancing. It lit me up. It gave me goosebumps. And that was like taken away from me. So having said that, I feel like I took on the belief that life happens to you and it's not fair and you just get through it. <laughs> you know, you just keep on keeping on and you deal with it and you be happy as much as you can, even though I feel like deep down there was unpacked resentment. So moving forward, I couldn't, yeah, the whole dancing thing was out of the picture. And I just started on the path of like, well, I'm going to go for security and safety and what's stable. So I went to uni, I studied commerce because I had an aptitude for it. I definitely was not super passionate about it, but I was like, cool, there's heaps of jobs, whatever. And went through that phase of my life and Um, came out into my career. And then first year of my career, um, I became depressed pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just was not having fun, right? I think that I was relying on my external stimulus to bring me joy. It was like, okay, I've always wanted what I do to bring me joy and this corporate job isn't it you know like people are backstabbing and like I don't like that energy but I kind of hadn't even thought about what I did like you know um and so I just yeah I was sad I wasn't enjoying what I was doing day to day but also I wasn't loving myself like looking back now I had thoughts like well I don't know what I'm doing I don't know if I'm any good at this I don't know if anyone likes me and it was probably more cruel than that. You know, it was probably like, I'm a loser. You suck at this, you know, like we're our own worst critics. And so, yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that with thoughts like that, I ended up in a really dark headspace and just with not a lot of hope. And so for me, I went down the traditional route of like, I'm not coping right now with my life. Like I'm not thriving. I'm not happy. And I chose to take medication, um, started medication my first year in my career. And, um, and that really brought light back into my life. It really started to help me function again and like, feel like, feel like I could live a life and I could be social and just feel like I had the headspace to kind of be me again. So that was really exciting. But I am sure you can read the signs here that, you know, without changing my inner world, (laughs) I wasn't creating real change. So what happened after that is I had the opportunity to move into state and change my external stimulus. And I was really just chasing the external change because, again, I thought it was what was outside of me that was going to light me up. 
And so I came to Queensland and really loved it, loved the weather change, loved the new environment, had this new job to throw myself into, which loved for a little while, then again realised it wasn't my soul's passion and was in this kind of hamster wheel again of trying to figure out how to find my fulfilment. And on the way, I stumbled across personal development, which was a beautiful thing for me. So I think that I look at it as kind of an awakening, but definitely not a spiritual awakening. And for anyone who's kind of had this journey too and found maybe a self-help book, it's like, holy moly. Like for me, the thought that I had some control over my future and my thoughts were maybe impacting my life and dictating what was playing out day to day was really revolutionary. And um, is that the right word? Revolutionary. Anyway, (laughs) we'll go with it. Um, And I really started to, I honestly, when I picture what happened, I could start to feel the fire within me igniting again. And I started to get excited because I thought, I have a way out of feeling like I'm not fulfilled. There's got to be something more and I'm going to find it. So that was all about the age of 25. At the same time as I was getting this spark back, my body was falling apart. Like I was getting aches and pains and bouts of fatigue. And it was like, yeah, I guess the stress and the misalignment of what I was doing in my day-to-day work life um, was really weighing on me. And so I, you know, I was starting to get one piece of the jigsaw into place, but the other part was starting to flare up. So again, my life was, you know, starting to piece together, but I was becoming more and more aware that there was a lot more to investigate. And so, you know, I started to look into health and how should I be treating my body and what's inflammation and what are toxins And I was not completely oblivious to health. I would have considered myself a healthy person. I loved to exercise. It was really ingrained in childhood and a part of my identity. But I think I was like kind of in the mindset of like, well, you're thin or you're overweight. And if you're thin and you exercise, you can still eat chocolate biscuits, you know, for breakfast, which I used to do eat mint slices for breakfast. Um, And I knew veggies and fruit was good for me, but I I guess, I don't know, some people might be able to relate to that baseline level of health. And so kind of piecing, piecing it all together, that was where my interest in looking into health and wellness really began alongside my empowerment mindset. And so for me, I actually, it would have been months after I discovered personal development, I came off of my medication and For me, that was my personal journey. And I just want to say, like, for some people, they're not going to come off for a long time. And respect to you for doing what's right for you. And I've heard people say depression doesn't exist. And I just think, guys, stay in your own freaking lane. Like, all we can do is love each other. Like, you saying depression doesn't exist does not empower someone. And you thinking you're bad for taking medication does not empower you in any way. Like, let's live our own path and learn what's good for us um, and release judgment around that. So, I'm really passionate about that. So, anyway, I came off it, but then 
it came into a dark night of the soul, but of course, and for those who don't know, I'm going to write a blog post because a dark night of the soul is really something that I think is quite spiritual and can be compared to a rock bottom, you know, and I believe that it a hundred percent happened for me because I was not loving and appreciating myself enough. And it was sent to rock my world and to make me think, hang on, I need to start respecting myself here. I need to start using my discernment. Like I need to start just like honoring my life path and believing in myself. And I know a lot of people kind of go through this at around 28 to 30 as well, which is when we have our Saturn return. Um, And again, that might be a blog post because it's not the purpose of this episode, but it's a really significant event in terms of astrological um, the astrology that goes on for each individual. So after my dark night of the soul, so I did want to say I absolutely think it happens for us and it cracked me wide open. And the other thing is that the universe like never leaves us in the darkness without some kind of light. So during my dark night of the soul, I was sent the most beautiful light workers and healers to connect with. And I started to see that, yes, I'd found personal development and I'd started to realize, okay, my thoughts are creating my life and I can really empower myself and, you know, I can choose certain elements, but I hadn't done the emotional and spiritual integration. So I had beautiful friends that helped me through this period of my life where I just stayed out of the career world. I drove Uber for six months. I just was not in a place to make decisions. I just, and some people can't understand that. But for me, I was like, I can't go into a job right now. Like I I need headspace. I need to figure out what I want from life. And it was like a beautiful, beautiful period where I hated it, but it cracked me open. And so that was at the end. I closed out 2016 and that was the year of 2016 of my, probably my lowest lows and came into 2017. I feel like it was the start of like a rebirth for me and a new learning. So throughout the next three years, I found people who had similar mindsets, who were working with energy, who were teaching me how to integrate inner child work, who were into acupuncture and ancient wisdom and plant um, plant essences. And I started sitting with cacao to open my heart. And I wrote journals and journals and journals worth of um, just my thoughts, you know, like it was like self-therapy. And I really my takeaways were I really put myself first and invested in my healing. I really started to trust that I had a connection to something bigger and a divine intelligence. I knew that when I trusted my gut, things always worked out for the best. And it's like so hard to trust that. And it's just a trust muscle. Like you've just got to trust that voice that whispers to you. But like I just, and I did that. I just, time after time, I would go, I feel so called to this trip or to this retreat or to this teacher and I'd find a way to make it work knowing that it was the way I was going to find my inner peace was to come back home to myself. Um, 
during this time in 2017, I enrolled in a course with IIN, which is the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And we talk about over a hundred theories and approaches to health and well-being, all these different diets and theories and permaculture, you know, veganism, vegetarian, Mediterranean diet, anti-inflammatory. Um, we talk about sleep. We talk about coffee. We talk about health, as I say, um, health as a big picture. And what I learned from that is that, again, we need to drop the judgment because every single person is different and what works for one person is not going to work for the other. And I just love that. I just love that no coach, like it's proof, no coach is ever going to solve your challenges for you all they can do is help guide you back to yourself because no one can know what's better than no one can know better than you what is going on within yourself sure people might have keys and knowledge that will help you unlock that but it's all within truly and so i was starting to piece together what my passion was and I think something else really important to touch on is that for years I've, I'd been thinking, what's my purpose? Where's my fulfillment going to come from? I know that I, as a person, need to have a career that's aligned with my soul. Some people don't. Some people can have a job and then their family and they find their fulfillment in maybe their family or their hobbies. But for me, I knew, knew it needed to be integrated. And I think that we don't often know what we are good at or we forget because as children, we're praised for what the education system sees as good. Like you're really good at math or you're really good at this skill. And a lot of children aren't recognized for you are so good at listening or you're really good at asking good questions. You're a great investigator or what's another one? I just love how open your heart is. You are so good at loving people and making them feel cared for, you know? So what I see now is my skill set is definitely something that I had to peel back the layers in order to see. Um, and so, yeah, 2017, I studied, 2018, I studied, I was starting to get closer. I knew I wanted to start coaching, but it was like, when do I make the leap? When do I, how do I build a practice? How do I become an entrepreneur? How do I explain to people what my passion is? And there was a lot of shadow too, because I feel there are so many people in this space, as I've said, saying, I'm your guru. You should do this. You should do that. You're having too much sleep. You're having not enough sleep. Here's what you should be doing to live the perfect life. And that was like repulsive to me. And that is even why I don't like calling myself a life coach. I'm an intuitive guidance coach for holistic well-being. Um, because like, let's just stop preaching guys. So anyway, I was coming to this clarity about what I loved, but really having trouble expressing it. And then, of course, the universe starts to get impatient with me and my symptoms for my um, compression in my neck started coming back. So 
towards the end of 2019. I should say I'd been having fatigue for a few years now and it was getting worse and worse. Like all I could do on the weekends was like lay on the couch. I was not being able to exercise the way that I used to. I couldn't do an aerobic, like a a fitness class, like an aerobic fitness class. And then my double vision was coming back. So I was having to take time off work. And for me, that's the scariest thing because like headaches, they go away, whatever. But like your vision is with you 24 seven. And when you're seeing double, it's so hard. And like, it really impacts your confidence. Like I can't just glance at someone and say, hi, it's like I've glanced. I'm not sure if I know them, like, because you can't really see properly and people expect you to know what you're seeing. So it's one of those things that you look normal, but you kind of not. Anyway, so I got to Christmas of 2019 and the first two days of holidays, I just lay on my bed, could not do anything, which made me angry because it was my holidays. And then flew up to spend um, Christmas with my grandfather and some extended family. And I got there and my double vision was worse. I could feel the muscle in my eye doing what it had done as a teenager. And that scared the shit out of me. And I was having light sensitivity. And then like, I would wake up and I couldn't sit up. I was like, oh my God, look, the pressure's too much. I can't sit up in the morning. And that would last for a few hours. So went to hospital and yeah, went to hospital and essentially they said, right, you've got this compression again. We don't know why. um, And we don't know exactly what we'll do, but we want to operate and create space in there. And that was like such a downer because it was like my two week Christmas holiday. And I wanted to spend time with family and friends. And it was scary. Like, I think that I'd been through that before. So it, it was kind of more of a shock, you know, like I just like genuinely didn't think I'd need another surgery. And what I recall is thinking, and I didn't think I was going to die. Don't get me wrong. But what I thought was if I was to die now, I would leave the world, this planet, this earth feeling like I haven't accomplished what I'm here to do. Like I would feel incomplete and I, I knew I had to, to change. And it's funny, I went back to work and I still, I was still didn't change it. I was thinking about cutting back days, going part-time and it's amazing how much fear there is around making a big dramatic life change. I knew I had the skills to start a business, but I didn't yet have the courage And then one day I just got to the point where I was like, my life is just not of the quality that it should be. I'm 30 and I've got fatigue all the time. I had a week off work and all I did was lay in bed. What if I want a family one day? I couldn't look after kids. I can't even look after myself right now. And I just knew that I had to leave and it would work out. I believed that the universe would support me because I knew really deep down in my soul and in my womb is where I feel a lot of my guidance that I am here for a purpose. And when you're here for a purpose, the universe wants you to complete it. Right. So it was actually when COVID hit and you'd be like, Oh my God, she's crazy. You're not quitting your job to not have a job when 
COVID is starting, but I did. <laughs> I did. I was like, I just can't go on. Like I don't have my health and therefore I don't really have anything right now. And so I left and they were beautiful. They knew I were going, was going through health challenges and they made it a really beautiful closing for me. And it was like sheepish because within a week, like I kid you not, my fatigue had vanished. So to give you context, like just like a month or two, a month earlier, I had the week off work. As I said, I spent seven days lying in bed. All I could do was have baths and lay in bed. Couldn't go out and pick up takeaway food even. Like I was just so tired by the time midday hit. Couldn't do anything. I'd asked the, do- the doctor if they could diagnose me with chronic fatigue and they indicated that like you couldn't really test for it. But I was really low. And so to have this occur a month later when I'd quit, and I'd left the stress and the anxiety of knowing that what I'd been wasting, for me, it felt like wasting my time, right? Like I felt like I've got this purpose and every day I go to this job, I'm not fulfilling the purpose that the universe has sent me for. And so within a week, like I was jogging again. (laughs) It was, it was amazing. Like I, yeah, I just, could get through the days without feeling this overwhelming, uh, overwhelming sense of I need to lay down. And then my eyes started to settle down where they'd just given me glasses. So with what occurred over Christmas, they'd asked me to wear glasses and I didn't need them anymore because I was back to my baseline and my headaches had ceased. And like, honestly, I knew we all know stress isn't good for us. Right. But it's so, so, so underestimated the impact that stress and misalignment was having on my life. And so that's led me to where I physically am here now today. And why today is poignant for me is because when I had a call from the hospital about a month ago, today was the day that I was meant to have my second brain surgery. And I said to her, look, my symptoms are really pretty much completely resolved. They're at baseline. Can I have an appointment with my surgeon instead just to ask more questions? Like I'm not a no forever, but I just don't feel like I need this right now. I feel like I'm healing. And today I went to Reforma Pilates and drove past the hospital. And I was like, oh, spirit, like, you know how you have those moments and you're like, spirit made me, like sent me to this particular place today because I looked at it and thought, oh my God, I would have come out of surgery maybe one or two hours ago. And who knows, I could have been in bed for another month now, needed care for three months. And here I am feeling happier than I have in my whole adult life and feeling healthier than I have probably in my whole adult life. Um, And just so on purpose, because guys, I've recorded the first five episodes for this podcast already. And my guests are just phenomenal. Like you're going to learn so much. And so that's my story of how my health and my healing journey combined with my belief that my soul's here to deliver this knowledge to others have led me here. And I'm so passionate about sharing it via a podcast because if you choose to press play, 
you're choosing to listen and you can press stop at any moment. The last thing I want to do is force information on someone when they're not ready for it or it's just not aligned with them. But I know that there are so many people in this world who are waking up having spiritual awakenings and they're seeking this information and I just want it to be available and accessible and I want you to feel like you're not alone and know where to turn. And for me, over the past three years of diving into energy work and working with, sorry, my throat's, um, something's happened. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm missing something. But over the past three years of working with, say, alternative therapists and doing past life regressions and sitting with cacao, like it's just a beautiful plant it's like a a cup of chocolate that is known to open your heart if you ask it to I have had so much healing and magic and you can have that too but I know that if you don't understand something it can feel like oh I don't want to start you know so I want to break down the barriers so that you guys if you're feeling called to try something can feel like it is accessible to you um And the other reason is community. Like Richard Rudd, who is the founder who channeled the Gene Keys, says people don't need help, people need love. And when I heard him say that, it just was like, whoa, it hit me in the heart. And my community of like-minded souls that I have found have helped me feel like I'm not alone and I'm not crazy in wanting to find alignment in in my life and wanting to fulfill my soul's mission. And it's like some people will get that and some people won't and nobody's right or wrong. You've just got to find the people who get you. And so I am creating online cacao ceremonies so that people can come and find a space where they can connect with like-minded souls and feel like they're not alone in whatever they're going through. And one more thing I want to say on the topic of working on your healing journey and choosing healers and choosing people to perhaps guide and lead you is a true leader wants to empower you to heal yourself, wants to empower you to come back to yourself and wants you to know that you are never broken. You are complete and it's just about refinding that within yourself. And that's been one of my biggest journeys because there are a lot of people out there who aren't operating from that space. They think that they, they might think that they're doing, they they are giving beautiful treatments or guidance, but they want you to keep coming back to them. And in my book, that's not true leadership. True leadership is empowering to you to know that you are whole and complete and you have everything that you need and the guides and the teachers and the treatments and everything else along the way is there to enhance your journey and make it more fun and enjoyable. So that's what I'll say about that. And the only leader who can have, again, this is from Richard Rudd, the only, the Gene Keys, (laughs) the only leader who has true power is the leader who cannot be corrupted by power. And that's why we see so many of our leaders in a sense in terms of I won't even go down that track, right? But we can all think of people who are in positions of power and leading us. And when they get into that position of power, it's no longer about 
what's good for the people. It's about holding that power, you know? And so that's not true power. Um, gosh, I just let it, let it drop there. So <laughs> I hope that I, um, I really hope that I've kind of covered, I think that I've covered everything that was important on my journey. And yeah, I just hope that you can see how, for me, my physical health, even though it was like painful and my emotional and mental health was painful, it's brought me to where I am now. And for you, whatever feels really rough or whatever you feel like your rock bottom is, there is a lesson in it. I promise you there's a lesson in it. And so secondly, I will come to Emerald Skies as the title of the entity that I'm building and the title of this podcast. And I just downloaded it in meditation one day. And when I say download, it just kind of came, it popped into my mind and I was like, yeah, that's cool. And what I love about it is if you're familiar with the chakra system, which is the energy centers of our body, the heart center is the color green. And I was like, that's beautiful because I think for, like I said, everyone just needs love. And if we can open our heart and return to love, the world would be healed, right? You know, without fear, fear keeps us safe. Yes. But without fear, we've just got love. And every time we can choose love, we're choosing the highest path. And then skies, I was like, well, that works because skies are so open and expansive. And it's like, what are the possibilities? You know, you could go anywhere. And, and nature is like, it doesn't belong to anyone. It belongs to all of us. It like connects us. The sky is available to us all. So emerald skies just worked for me. It's like heart centered possibilities, heart centered expansiveness, heart centered unity, I guess. Um, and the other thing, anyone who knows my sense of humor will have a giggle at this is that I'm reading Harry Potter at the moment and Emerald, the color Emerald appears in these books a lot. And I was like, Oh, I just love it because Harry Potter's magic and I love it. And, um, like when they use flu powder, the flames turn into Emerald green. So I just thought I had to chuck some of my own personality in here and tell you about that. Anyway, I feel like I've covered off everything that I needed to. So that's why I'm here. That's why I'm so passionate about sharing with you holistic health, well-being, and spirituality. I want you to be able to heal on your own path and feel into your intuition. Take what works, leave what doesn't. Don't judge anyone else for their own path. Just listen to what it is that you need to do to find your ultimate happiness, joy, and peace. So I, if you've listened this long, thank you. And I invite you to tune into the next episode, episode one with Aidan Rami, who's an incredible sound healer and one of my best friends. And I'm so excited for you to share the wisdom that she jams on for all of us. So have a beautiful rest of your day or evening and hope to see you on the next episode. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to the pilot episode of the Emerald Skies podcast. I assume if you've made it this far, you were driving and you couldn't hit stop or you really enjoyed the information, in which case you're going to love my guests. So don't forget to subscribe and rate the show so that we can reach more people who need this information. See you next time.